Hi, I'm Zoe. Hi, I'm Erica. Hey, Erica. This is our podcast. Well, what do we do on the podcast? Uh, we talk to wellness experts. Well, what do we talk about? Mm, wellness stuff. And why are we doing this? Because we want to have an inclusive conversation about things that you can actually use and apply to your life. Right. We don't think that wellness should feel preachy. We think it should feel like everybody can participate. That's right. So if you like what you hear, tell a friend. Give us five stars. They're all free. All of the above. All of the above. And think of us as your navigators on the bumpy highway to well. Hey guys, super excited to share this episode with you. Uh, Lauren Everts Bostick, or better known to most of you as the Skinny Confidential. Uh, she is a pretty cool chick. She turned her passion for beauty and wellness and advice into this incredible blog, The Skinny Confidential. And she also is a co-host of the entrepreneurial podcast, Skinny Confidential, Him and Her, along with her husband, um, and they have over 84 million unique downloads, which is incredible. And a few more than we have here at HTW. So we are super excited that she took some time to chat with us. And this was a really fun conversation. Hope you like it. Hey, guys. So you may have figured out by now that Zoe and I are huge fans of functional mushrooms. And that's because their benefits are legit from increasing focus and concentration to helping you sleep and probably most importantly, providing incredible support for your immune system. And yes, that is actual science. You can check it out on our blog at earthandstar.com. But who doesn't need a little bit of extra immune support right now if we're being honest? But anyway, the most important thing for you to know actually is that you have to have these fabulous fungi in your system every day in order to reap the benefits. So Earth and Star our new brand is making it as easy as possible for you to get the amazing benefits of functional mushrooms every day. Like if you've got a serious cold brew habit, there's a can for that. If you love your afternoon matcha latte, then we've got you covered there. And if you're not like G-Love and you're not feeling the cold beverages, then how about a totally delicious dark chocolate bar that also helps you increase focus and concentration while satisfying your sweet tooth. And it pairs super well with red wine. So we at Earth and Star have created as many ways as possible to help you elevate your everyday routine because we are not asking you to add another pill or a powder to your very busy schedule of supplements. We just want it to be as easy and absolutely delicious as possible for you to get some mush love into your life. So check us out at earthandstar.com and get 15% off your first order with the code HTW. Welcome Lauren Everts Bostic or just Lauren Everts or how do you how, how do you roll in these days? It depends on the day. Whatever is fine either way. Okay. Skinny confidential lady. It's so nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. You know, you've built this huge brand, this huge platform, product, podcast, everything in between. So very, it feels very raw and unfiltered and like candid conversations, which are a lot of butthole talk. I like that. A lot of butthole. Um, just breaking the ice right away. I know you guys like to talk a lot about the anus. <laughs> what? Start this. When did you start it? I mean, give me just the whole story. Let's start from start from the beginning and ending with the butthole, basically. Ending the the, the butthole. I felt like there wasn't enough influencers talking about butthole, which is one of the reasons I started it because 
everyone was talking about what they were wearing and what they were eating. And I was like, okay, but I want to talk about way more subjects. And this was in 2010. No one had talked about Botox. No one had talked about filler, camel toes, birth control, boob jobs. No one was talking about any of it. And so I just saw a lot of white space. Um, And you guys probably know very well with Blueprint, what you guys did. Like we did spend a lot of time talking about poop when no one else was talking about it. But that's really uncharted territory. And enemas. Oh yeah, early on that conversation. Um, Yeah, which is like, in my opinion, it's important to look for the white space. And you guys definitely did that with Blueprint when when not a lot of people were probably talking about poop and detoxing and cleansing and all the things and you guys got in at the right moment and I feel like you know that was the same sort of thing with me I saw that no one was having these conversations and not only that I saw that no one was and this again is 2010 was bringing other people up so when I say that I mean their blogs were just about what they like to eat and what they like to wear there was no doctors or experts or models or celebrities coming on their blogs. It was just, it was them as the star. So I wanted to create like more of a resource where it was a collective group of people, which is so funny now that the podcast has turned into what it is because the podcast is literally everything that I wanted to start from the beginning. And so the Skinny Confidential started when I was in college. It nothing to do with being skinny. It's about getting the juice, getting getting the deets, getting the skinny, just sort of a cheeky name and um, definitely launched it knowing it would be a brand. And just, we've slowly grown outward. We still have a lot of work to do, but here we are 13 years later. You were in college and I mean, amazing for you to have that type of foresight. But when we're talking about, you know, 2010, the idea of creating content with the intention of becoming a brand with it was actually... I mean, that wasn't really happening in that way. I, I'm, I'm thinking about the fact that you know, we always kind of go back to the idea that Blueprint, we launched it without social media. Like Social media didn't exist. There was Facebook and that was really it. And so everything was really word of mouth. And you know, it was a blessing and a curse in many ways, or it's, it's more of a curse now because we obviously were not able to build a, you know, a platform with social media in the same way that we just literally built a word of mouth brand. But for you in 2010, like what, what was your idea of what a brand was all about then? Like who were, who were you kind of looking at as a comp and, and how did that shift from where you were then to where you are now? Branding is just always, it's my first love. It's, it's ever since I was little, I remember branding my scrapbooks branding my trapper keeper, branding. I've always just been so attracted to a strong brand. And, and a brand doesn't have to just be something on the internet, right? A brand can be the way you dress. Like Andy Warhol had a brand for the way he presented himself. His, his voice was branded. His energy was branded. Like There's so many different things that you can brand. And I've been attracted to that since I was little. If I wasn't doing what I was doing now, I would for sure be a brand consultant. I love branding. So I certainly launched with with the idea that I was creating a brand. I knew it wasn't... I knew I was going to use the blog as the mothership as a foundation to launch other things off of it. And I looked to someone like a Martha Stewart who... She's done such a good job of... She started with her um, you know, cooking show and then it turned into books and then it's a line at Target and it was like, the sky's the limit. Another person who's amazing is like Suzanne Summers. 
right? She, she was known as this actress and she said, no, actually, I'm not going to be just known as that. I'm also going to write books. I'm going to interview experts. I'm going to start the master. I'm going to, you know, and she's built this brand. And so I was really inspired by women like her and Jane Fonda. Um, and I think that, that in knowing that I wasn't crazy about money to begin with. Um, money was not like what the driving force was. The driving force was I'm going to build a brand. I'm going to content market this brand. I'm going to create as much content that's as valuable to an audience as I can. And I'm not going to think about money. And I didn't make $1 for three years. And I was blogging seven days a week, sometimes 10 days a week. So I mean, 10 times a week. So I think that 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 was definitely the right strategy for me. I see a lot of content creators and I'm sure you guys see this with your industry as well of like people that just want to make money right away. Yeah. And that's not how it works. You guys just said it's, it's word of mouth. The same with an influencer. I don't look for more followers. I focus on the followers that I have and how I imagine it is hopefully, you know, I can influence one girl and she's at happy hour with 10 friends and she's actually the one doing the influence for them to come over to the Skinny Confidential community. It's actually not even me. So that's that's how I grew it in the beginning. But like I said, it was three years of... And, and I, again, I'm sure you guys can relate to this. Not snap your fingers and you have blueprint cleanse and, and everyone's doing it. It's, it's a lot of different things behind the scene that make up it. Yeah, a lot of grunt work for sure. I know. It's like, ah, what, is, what is that expression? Every overnight success is like 10 years in the making. Um, yes. You guys, <laughs> so you, I mean, yeah, so you are, you know, first and foremost, you are an influencer, right? So, and obviously now building out this platform, you have a pretty impressive ability to influence. So how do you want to influence people? I'm assuming most of your followers are, are female. Uh, they are female, it's definitely millennials. The word influence, like, it's, it's such a, it's kind of like a, there's like a weird underlying ugliness to the word influencer. Yes. I don't know. It's like it's unsettling because the problem is, is that it's, that's a really good question that you just asked because you do have to choose methodically and strategically of what kind of influence you're going to have. And I think the word influence almost feels like the word celebrity. Like there's kind of like a, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I try to, number one, bring other people up. I'm not trying to be the main character. My audience is the hero. And if I can bring small businesses up or support what they've done or have really smart, cool people that maybe don't have a huge following, but they have something really interesting to say, or um, like Michael does with Dear Media, we have, you know, 60 female shows under his network that that all like everyone supports everyone and we're bringing people up. Like to me, that is that is my favorite way to use my influence. I think last night we did this this conference call with USC where we were on the phone with all these marketing students and to be able to talk to them for an hour and a half, like that feels like a really productive way to use my time. And I think that it's really important that as you grow, that you don't make yourself the main character, that you make sure to bring other people up and other ideas. Because to me, when I follow someone and I hear the same thing every single day, it starts to get boring. I need I need more colorful, like a plethora of content. And And to me, like one person, like the reason we're so attracted to the Kardashians is because there's so many of them. 
there's so many different personalities. And I think of that as, as, an, as an influencer too. It's important to bring other people on, bring other people up, support other people. It makes the content more interesting. So the way that I would like to influence to answer your question is to support my audience, to support people that I think are doing really cool things. We just had this woman, Jessie Golden on. She's you know, was so cool about wellness. And then to tell people stories. So we had a guy on that you know went from being completely homeless in the gutter shooting crack cocaine and and meth and heroin and now he um, is completely sober and he helps so many recovering addicts get really sober and he also um, owns Sun Life Organics which is this amazing shop that has all these fresh juices and just really good food and we, we were able to sort of tell his story on the podcast when he didn't maybe have a big following. And now I know he's helped so many people that listen to that podcast that wanted to get off drugs. So that for me, that's what gets me off. Like when I hear stories like that, and it's because we've been able to use that platform for that. It's, it's wild. Um, just another quick story is we just had um, this girl Coco on the podcast who um, is a survivor of sex trafficking. And to be able to bring her on and tell her story to help other people who are maybe going through something that doesn't feel right is really cool. Those are the kind of people and stories that I think are are the most influential in the long run. Yeah, I think uh, it's a really good point. And I really appreciate your, your philosophy on not making yourself the main character, um, which actually why I think it's funny that you chose the Kardashians as an example, because I feel like they're sort of antithetical. <laughs> That's like, that to me is an example of, and sorry if I'm offending anybody, but that's like an example of how to have incredible power and influence and not necessarily use it constructively or proactively because I don't see anybody benefiting from that besides them. And again, I'm making sweeping generalizations. I'm sure one of them here and there has done something good for humanity, but uh, I would, I, would, I would argue that taking the approach that you're talking about is not quite as widely embraced by many in the influential community. Um, so it is nice <laughs> to hear that coming from somebody. I think Tim has done some really cool stuff for prison reform. Yeah. I don't know about the other ones, but I, I personally look up to what Kim has done with prison reform. She's really bringing awareness to it. Um, like I said, I don't know about the other ones, but um, that is a way that she's using her platform to support something that, that maybe some of us wouldn't know about if it weren't for her. So hopefully all of them can, can do stuff that, that is similar to what Kim's doing for the prison. <laughs> do you think that there is a difference between being an influencer and a role model or is it all the same? I don't want to be a role model. I don't want anyone to be like me. That is not why I've ever started the blog. What I've said is, here's my thoughts. Here's my ideas. Here's an expert's thoughts. Here's um, a doctor's thoughts. Here's a model's thoughts. And here's a celebrity's thoughts. Take what you like, leave what you don't. Hopefully pieces of this encourage you to be the best version of you. I do not want anyone to copy me. I'm not um, trying to force or products on anyone. I am just sharing my life journey and my experience. And I'm speaking from a practitioner standpoint, which is I try a lot of products. Um, I interview a lot of different people, but I am not an expert. I am just a practitioner of life. 
So I definitely am very clear with that on the podcast is don't be like me, be like you. (laughs) And if you can pull little pieces of value from the resources that I've created with all these different people, then that's that's what makes me happy. And not everyone's going to like everything I do. That's okay. But I definitely don't want people to be like me. I want them to be like them. Yeah, save the save the modeling for your <clears throat> your new baby. I am not a role model. <laughs> I don't think she should listen. <laughs> no, not even for my own. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's okay. So, so okay. So you started this in college, and then so now you're. I mean, is it safe to say that your husband is your business partner, right? How? When did he enter oh. eye roll? For those who can't see at home. <laughs> Big eye roll on that one. But how, so talk to me about like his entry into the conversation, into the brand, the concept. What did he bring? How did he, you know, throw you off course? What are his areas of challenge? <laughs> what are his strengths, weaknesses? You, what's harder, working with your husband or working with your friend? You guys tell me, what's harder? Husband. <laughs> I think husband. so too, but I wanted to see what you guys said because maybe you would say friend. No, husband, hands down. Yeah. yeah. Work together. <laughs> Working with your husband's very challenging. It's not, it's, 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 it's knowing when to have boundaries and when to cut conversations off that don't need to happen. This morning at 645, he looked at me and asked a quick book question. And I, I, okay. no, I was like, you know, I'm actually not going to work in bed today. If you want to work at 645 in the morning and sleep with your boss in bed, then you can go do that. I'm actually not going to do that. So I'm, I say to him, I'm unsubscribed from this conversation. Oh, I like that. I just, yeah, it's just not like, don't, don't talk to me at 645 about QuickBooks. I have to, I have to like uh, wake up, do my skincare routine, take my vitamins. We'll talk later. But working with your husband is challenging. It is rewarding. But we didn't work together for... I've, I've been blogging, like I said, for 13 years. We did not work together until four years ago. So he was not involved in my business in any capacity other than just, just like an advisor when I needed help with certain things. But he was not hands-on at all. Then we got drunk in Cabo. He said, let's start a podcast. This again was four years ago. We saw white space. No one was was doing sort of what we wanted to create. And we launched the podcast. And that is how we work together. He has Dear Media. I have the Skinny Confidential. And together, we come and do the podcast. Fight horribly when we do the podcast. It, it's, it's like, it's going to happen. Um, but we've learned each other's triggers. So that's definitely helpful. And the longer you go on, the better it gets. But it is hard to know when to shut it off at night and in the morning. I would say do not get into business with your significant other if you're not committed to pushing the same boulder up the same hill. There are so many couples that I see that are in business together and they're both pushing boulders up a hill, but it's a different hill. Right. So m- my husband and I are very clear on what our strategy is together. And like, we're making sure it's the same, it's the same mountain. If that, if that makes any sense. But it totally yeah. makes sense. I feel like the, the tricky part with that is that sometimes you don't know until you're already on the hill, which I think can be, you know, obviously maybe a sign of a, of a larger issue in the relationship, but it's such good advice, but it's also so hard to put into practice because you just often don't know until you're down the path. So congratulations yeah, for making what? it work. It don't settle. If it's not right, it's not right. I don't think there's any shame in anyone's game. If it's not the right relationship, 
my my advice is don't feel like you have to fit into the box that society wants you to fit in. If it's not the right partner, it's not the right partner. Agreed. I, I feel no pressure. <laughs> I will divorce him and drop. I mean, you know, lead with fear. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you guys just had a new a baby, right? Congrats. We did. I need the blueprint cleanse. you're you're, like stunning like glowingly gorgeous it's uh, the postpartum's been interesting so it's um you know it's i think the postpartum's gnarlier than the than the pregnancy but how uh, how old is the how how postpartum are you i'm a year so i'm 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 out of the woods for me um i know everyone's experience is different i've been out of the woods but right after having a baby it's not a joke Mm -hmm. you had a baby and then went straight into lockdown Holy shit. Yeah. It was fine though. Cause you know what? It was a good excuse of why not every single person needed to see the baby right away. Because I feel like there needs to be a book about how the mother just needs to recover without 600 people seeing the baby after it's, it's oh, yeah. gnarly. Yeah. Well, I had big walls up during that postpartum. <laughs> like I will have how many kids do you have? Two. Oh my God. Uh, three and five. And yeah. And I was just like, there will be no one at the hospital. Yeah. It, like, like, it like adds time to your labor too. It's too much. You just yeah. got to be in the zone alone. Yeah. Well, I think I should also be able to write either the foreword or the postscript on that book as a child-free person who actually is not really interested in seeing your baby for a while. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, I like, love you. Guess what? That's the okay. kind of friend I need in my life. I'm like, I'm good. You're my friend. Your baby is not yet my friend. I don't need to dedicate the same amount of time to your baby as I do to you. And if we're being honest, they're not really that cute until like six weeks in. So, Oh my God, Erica, <laughs> I am with you on all of this. And also, you know what I did? I just had a first birthday for her and I strategically said it would be just me and her and Michael because I don't want to get invited to everyone else's one-year-old birthday. So I'm not going to make you come to my one-year-old's birthday. if i have to if i can't make your one-year-old's birthday i'm sorry but you didn't have to come to my one-year-old's birthday so it's fair um so how do you spend do you give this a lot of airtime because i know like this this is a you know it's a very meaty subject i feel like you could have a podcast just dedicated to obviously and there are many of them but you know it's kind of like it's an unavoidable topic of conversation that sort of like finds its way into or, or could potentially find its way into into so many conversations, but just all the all the insanity around pregnancy and postpartum and raising children. I mean, like, are you hyper aware of that, or do you find it challenging to not like constantly talk about that? Or how do you? No, how do you- no, I don't find I, I, it's I, it's it's a very fat, small facet of my brand. Yeah, we talked about it. We've talked about fertility. We've talked about breastfeeding. Um, postpartum, postpartum anxiety, using shrooms to heal the postpartum depression. We've talked about all these different things, but it's not something that I want to lead with, with my brand. And as a friend, if I have a friend, I don't want to just lead with that. And and listen, maybe some people are different. I'm talking about for me, it's not going to consume the whole brand. It's not the hero again of the story. Um, I'll talk about it a little bit here and there, but to be honest, when I was pregnant, I didn't look at one piece of content or one Pinterest or one book. I just led with my intuition. So I think that, that 
it's hard to give advice on that area because you are so intuitive when you're pregnant and everyone is so different. Um, that, that's, that's an area that I'm careful of. And if I'm talking about it, it's usually with a doctor or someone who's like a doula um, or an expert breastfeeder. I, I definitely am not the expert on kids. And I'm not trying to be. Not a mommy blogger. No. So boring anyway. <laughs> Some people love it. I mean, you know. Uh, no. Erica's like, I wish you would stop talking so much about um, No, you didn't you didn't overshare on it at all. No, which, I did not. I mean, so, but that's only you know, you, you choose your friends and I, I I know I picked the right ones. Thanks, man. Um so what where are I mean where I know we don't have like a ton of time. Where, how do you see your brand growing? Like, where do you want to take it? Definitely products. I think that, that as an influencer or as a digital creator or content creator, or even an entrepreneur, you have to pick like, are you going to be hawking everyone else's brand? Or are you going to build your own? And you guys know how difficult product is, I'm sure, um, with what you're doing. And it's not a joke. And it's not a joke when it's done right. So um, definitely product, but before I put anything out there, it has to be to the standard that I want it, to the audience's standard. So um, a lot more live events when everything opens. You know, we we're planning on doing a live podcast tour, but who knows when that's going to happen. Um, and definitely a lot, hopefully more in-person meetups or talking at schools or podcasting in person. Like I feel like we're all craving that. Mm-hmm. Completely. Yeah. What do you think has been just because, you know, it's, we can't have conversations at this point without referring back to the last year that we've all been through. Like how has the experience of COVID changed the trajectory that you kind of thought you were on, whether it's with product pursuits or just the content in general? And do you feel like what have been the, the sort of the silver linings for you as opposed to the, you know, like the, shit storm that that we all have i think that that i um practice stoicism so much since i was like 21 years old i practice it every single day even if it's just a page and so when this happened instead of saying oh shit what am i gonna do and panicked what i've done is i've just taken each day day by day and done the best that i could within that day and just focused on what i can control i can't control a pandemic. I can't control other people. I can't control the world and how it responds to the pandemic, but I can control my mindset, the way I wake up in the morning, the way I, I lay out my content. I can control um, my reaction to all this. And I think that I've really just tried to look at this whole thing of what can I do to make myself better in this time? And so, you know, I decided, okay, I'm going to write a book. So Every app, I probably did it an hour a day, the whole entire pandemic. The book is written in it, and I'm, I'm happy that I can look back on the pandemic and feel like I use the time wisely. I, I don't want to focus on what I can't do. I want to focus on what I can do. And I really try not to have any, not one capacity speck of my energy thermometer wasted on thinking, this sucks. When is this going to be over? Why isn't this over? It just feels like very, very unproductive. So I would recommend if anyone's out there and they're struggling with what's going on is sort of flip your mindset into more of an abundance mindset of how you can make this actually work for you, not against you. 
And yeah. obviously that's hard, but it's, yeah, it's, it's easier said than done. But what yeah. you referenced stoicism, which I think is something it's, I'm only really just starting to go down this path a little bit and reading a little bit of like Ryan Holiday, but what, what, what are your resources there? And can you talk a little bit more about that? Cause I think it's actually fascinating and super relevant right now. Yeah. Um, my husband introduced me to the philosophy. It's not a religion. It sounds kind of like religion when you say it, the word stoicism, but it's philosophy. And it's basically, you don't focus on anything you cannot control. And you focus on being less reactive and less emotional. And I don't mean in a way where like, don't, you don't feel your emotions. You just understand that things are the way they are. And if it's out of your control, you don't focus on it. And it's, it's Seneca, Marcus Aurelius. I, I usually read a page a day out of the Daily Stoic It's by Ryan Holiday. I take notes underneath it. It's been so helpful. And each year I buy a new book so I can go back and see how I was feeling that day. And it's, it sounds um, overwhelming to be like a page a day, but it's, it's quick. It's short. It's to the point. You can just write. You know, I underline sometimes, take a couple notes. And it just sets the tone of the day. And, and even when I'm, when I'm really angry and I feel like I have to respond to an email or respond to a text or I have to pick up the phone and call someone, I read stoicism and it just shifts my entire mindset. Um, it's helped me be very even keeled. Even with my husband, if he's pissing me off, I, I just try to use it as a practice whenever I can. Um, and it's made me catch myself. So I would definitely, um, especially in this, pandemic recommend listening to stoicism another way to consume it is the daily stoic podcast it's three minutes a day take a cold shower put it on it's it's so easy and and what you do is you just make it a habit so if you have something you do every day for three minutes brush your teeth listen to the podcast do your skincare listen to that podcast and it really truly is it's so empowering for especially what we're going through right now yeah i love that no tip good one um, I'm like, can, can I apply this to my children? <laughs> your children? Up? Yeah, you can because you can't control how your children act. Oh you no, can encourage they practice. Oh, can they practice it? I hope someone makes a book for kids on stoicism. I was about to say that it has to be out there, and if it's not, then hopefully somebody that's listening is going to do it. it. That would be very cool. Zoe, maybe. Uh, Mushrooms and stoic to do list for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, add it to your list. Podcasting, running a business, having kids, and making chocolate. Do you have any any? Well, I know you're totally an open book. So here, like, what what can you share right now that maybe a lot of people don't know about you? What's like one little like hidden talent or something that maybe you haven't shared yet? I don't have a hidden talent. You sure? I mean. My husband might say that I have a hidden talent or two, but it doesn't sound um, hidden because I've heard you talk about that on your podcast. Yeah, I don't really. I, I honestly am such an open book on the podcast. I don't have a hidden talent. I, I honestly, I cannot think of a hidden talent. Something people may not know about me. We mentioned it earlier. I haven't done too much content on it, and I feel like this is relevant because of what you guys do. Is that I really did use magic mushrooms to cure my postpartum depression. Um, it it cured it. I was I was. Did you do like micro doses over a period of time, or did you do one big session? I did. I micro dosed three weeks in a row. So every Friday for three weeks, um, I 
fact, I ate chocolate and microdosed and I was in nature away from my phone. And what it does, and and I'm not an expert on this, do your own research. I've talked to experts. I am not an expert, but what it did for me is it gave me clarity and it helps you put stuff together that you wouldn't have put together had you not been on it. And I, I did it once and I was 50% better and I did it again and I was 80% and then I did it the third time and the postpartum depression went away. And it was bad postpartum depression. Um, so I thought that was pretty crazy. That's maybe a fun fact that I haven't talked about too much on the podcast. That's very do cool. What, do you know what strain it was? Because I mean, they're all, you know. I actually think I have some right here. Ah. Let me see. I actually don't know what strain it is. And I do have some right here. This is what it is. I don't know what this is. Oh, haven't seen that one. Hmm. I it just say what it is. It just it, says Venice. It's pretty cool. I just what saw the um, recreation bar. The recreation, you have to send it to me. If you, I, don't, I don't know like so much about it. I'm not an expert. So if you have any tips, I would love it. I'm, I'm going to get me some. <laughs> A friend of mine just introduced it to me. And just to clarify for people, we're talking right now about the trippy mushrooms, which we fully support for all of their benefits, mental health-wise, which is what we're talking about. Very different than the mushrooms that we are serving up in Earth and Star. Distant cousins, our cousin is kind of like, we're like the, the nerdy cousin that does really well in school. And this is more like the super woke and evolved cousin who can go on retreats in the desert. I love the nerdy cousin though. <laughs> Mushrooms are so full of benefits. You guys, I mean, you know, it's like oh, yeah. no matter which way you ingest it. I had um, mushrooms, not, not magic mushrooms, mushrooms in my coffee today. There's so many different ways to use it. I'm yeah. a big mushroom fan. We're going to send you some shit. Yeah, I can't wait to try your stuff. I'm sure it's amazing because you guys seem like you're very conscious with ingredients too. Oh yeah, it is a very clean label. Oh, wouldn't it be amazing? I just I can't wait until psychotropics kind of open up a little bit more. I mean, just this idea of creating a line, some kind of extension that includes psilocybin. That would just be so fun. Yeah. Well, why don't you guys open an extension? store where we can go purchase i mean it could happen let's put it on our we'll put it on our vision board for like 2022 we don't want to get ahead of ourselves yeah Yeah. that would be really cool (laughs) um well i'm glad you got over that hump and i'm glad that you tried mushrooms And, and maybe you tried other things too but i'm glad that you tried that in whatever order you did and that it worked for you because they are just so have you seen that movie fantastic fungi no, you have to send it to me. Oh my God. Okay, so Fantastic Fungi, or Fungi, however you want to say it. Great movie just came out, I guess, last year. And it kind of covers, it's sort of like a nice broad overview of the power of mushrooms, period. Like, you know, a little bit of time on culinary, a lot of time on functional mushrooms, and then a lot of time on uh, the trippy kind. But there is like this whole movement for like end-of-life therapy um, and, and, you know, using... Uh, psilocybin for that. It's just like it's so. So you mean when you're reaching the end of your life to to, to die, right? And so the idea of it is like if you're terminal, if you're whatever it is, right? Like there is a very 
you know, specific way of, of, you know, using these mushrooms. And in the movie, they show a few people who are going through sort of like end of life um, moments or terminal with whatever they have. And, and, you know, they have these guided sessions with whatever practitioner uh, and they're guiding them through, you know, they're like lying on a couch with an eye mask on and listening to music and they're sort of like holding their hands and they're going deep. Like they are really, <laughs> they're doing super mega doses. Yeah. Um, and so they come out of it and they're just like at peace and they have no anxiety and they're just like this, this like mind exploding perspective happens for them. And, you know, it's just, it's it's Agreed. I mean, the whole, the way they describe it and the way that Michael Pollan describes it and his work is like, everybody has the same set of of descriptions, which is like the the sense of ego really just dissolves away and they kind of recognize that they are more um, part of a larger structure and we're all kind of part of this interconnected network and it becomes so much less about the self and much more about just the world at large. And it's just, I mean, it's really beautiful the way they describe it. And the photography in this movie is incredible. It will blow your mind. It's all just like super close, tons of time lapse. It looks like it's animated, but it's not. It's all actual footage of mushrooms as they kind of, you know, grow and, and germinate. And it's, it's amazing. So I want to watch that this weekend. Yeah. You might want to watch it with your little uh, box of Venice chocolates, just saying. <laughs> Whenever I watch TV and, and the, uh, the Venice chocolates are around, it it um looking at blue screen bothers me have you guys found that yeah get these bad yeah yeah maybe i need those yeah my friend one of my girlfriends and i don't know if you guys know about this and i would love to know if you do she just started microdosing daily her doctor prescribed it five days a week tiny little little amounts for anxiety have you guys heard of that yes yep and you're trying it myself but i fully intend to because yeah it's real. As soon as it becomes available, I will absolutely do it. I mean, I like. I feel like it took me so long to realize that I didn't have postpartum depression. I had postpartum anxiety, and oh. I, I was like, "What the? What is happening?" It makes you feel crazy. Like it's almost like OCD tendencies of things. Yeah, I remember like a text message sound would uh, like derail me, which is like what? Like it, it, just little things that you don't think about just give you cortisol. Yeah, yeah totally. So I feel like microdosing. I mean, the, yes, as soon as as soon as we open up access to to these uh mushrooms, I'm all over it. <laughs> like, I mean, and I think in New Jersey it might happen sooner than later. So can you take a microdose 5 days a week, no problem and totally be fine? Yeah, there are so many different strains, that's the thing. Like I, I feel like I recently took a strain and I was like this is so mellow. Yeah. And when you're really talking about the dosage level, that's what it comes down to. So like most of Silicon Valley is now using this, like this whole nootropic slash, you know, microdose psilocybin as a way to just improve creativity and focus. But you can, I mean, you can drive a car, you can operate like a normal human when the dose is low enough. It's like just... And it's the right strain. I mean, they are quite different. And I think in that way, it's, it's interesting because CBD is kind of paving the way for it. They're kind of like very much adjacent in in how we're using them, right? There's like the THC and the CBD and then there's the functional mushroom and then there's the psilocybin piece. And then within that, there's all these sort of strains and they offer different things like sativa does this and, you know, there are sort of like uppers and downers and they bring you into like different places. 
Yeah. So. Okay. You guys need to do like a resource on your website of all these different kinds of mushrooms. So we can break it down in an easy way because it is a lot of information and it can be confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should, uh, we should, we can team up and do a little research investigation and then maybe have a little group, group session on microdose. I would love that. That would be so fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, just to know all the differences between each one, like the, the difference between the chocolates and actually eating the real mushroom and all these different things um, would, I feel like so valuable. People are very curious. I'm sure you guys have heard so many people are curious about this. Totally. And there's not enough real clear, concise information out there. So yeah, that's not so highly um, nerdy, hard to digest. Yep. That's the problem. It's like, sometimes you, I just want information. Like you would give it to a kindergartner. We're yeah. consumed with so much content right now. Like, I don't want to hear a doctor talk in a language that's like so hard to decipher. I'd rather just have it laid out in like for a kindergartner. <laughs> yeah, totally right. I mean, how many times a week do I say, like, just explain it to me like I'm a three-year-old? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. it's not, <laughs> yeah. so much. Anyway, right. got a little cup from Erewhon there. Um, as of next week, our stuff will be there so you can go yeah. find it. Congratulations. Thank you. That is so exciting. I will definitely go find it. Greatest store on earth. Um, Okay. Well, we have touched on a lot of topics in a very short period of time, which is awesome. Um, And uh, yeah, we really appreciate your time and your just general perspective here. It's just very, very refreshing and pleasant. And you're such like a nice spirit. I love it. Thank you guys. That's so sweet. You guys got to let me know when you're in LA next. We can do a mushroom tasting um, podcast. When is that going to happen? Oh my God. When? I don't know. I'm so... I don't know. Um, But when it does. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea. We just got to live each day. That's right. right. Take our mushrooms. Right, right. right. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Congratulations on everything you guys have built. Congratulations on Air One. Oh, That's amazing. I'm I'm sure it's very hard to get into Air One. They're like they're intense with what they let in. Yeah. I feel their velvet rope is quite uh, yeah. tight. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, well, congratulations to you and Michael both, and best of luck with the pod and everything to come. And um, yeah, we'll be in touch. Let me know when you guys are in LA and then also email me this link and I'll totally um, pimp this out whenever it's up. Absolutely. Um, and definitely let me know when you're in person. And if you want me to bring you this Venice bars, I don't know if it's anything similar, totally. but I'll bring one. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Take care. Thank you both. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Thanks for listening to HTW. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and make sure and rate us on iTunes. You can even give us five whole stars if you think we deserve it. If you have ideas for guests or topics, you can call our 1-800 number. Yes, we have a 1-800 number at 800-674-1839 or holler at us on social at HTW Podcast. You can also head to our website at htwpodcast.com for more episode info and check out our daily blend blog to see what we're drinking.